You're listening to the Know the Cause podcast with Doug Kaufman. Visit us online at knowthecause.com and join the conversation at facebook.com slash knowthecause. Joining me right now is a guest I've been trying to get on for maybe six months since I spoke in San Diego. He is a resident of the San Diego area. His name is Kerry O'Reilly, and he happens to be a dentist. And folks, we need more from dentists. I am blessed to have you know hundreds of doctors come on my TV show and these podcasts and so forth. You guys need to know that health, body health, begins in the mouth and the gums. I once had a dentist tell me, he introduced me to Price Pottinger, cats, and he said, you know, Doug, before Mm. a pediatrician sees ill health, a dentist sees ill health. So welcome, Dr. O'Reilly. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're a Southern California guy. We got you up early, but thanks for joining us. You're very welcome. It's good to be here, Doug. Yeah, he and I met. This is a funny story. After I give a talk, I don't know what it is, but people flood me and the uh, host, hostess of that meeting came out and closed the doors and then asked us if we'd move further away. People gathered around because, look, this is fascinating. That microbes can initiate ill health other than bacteria is fascinating. So Dr. O'Reilly, everybody's handing me their cards. When I get to the airport, I got 400 cards. And Dr. O'Reilly handed me his cards. I put it in my pocket and made sure months later we followed up with him. He's a very busy guy. How is it, Dr. O'Reilly, that a biological dentistry initiated or holistic dentistry. Myholistic.com is your URL, which is a great one. How is it that 50 kids graduate from USC dental school where you did and 49 of them practice wet finger dentistry, you know, uh, adding uh, mercury into the mouth and so forth, and one gets it? You're that one. How, how did that mm. happen? Well, how it happened for me is that your patients bring you what they need, and it's always patient-driven ultimately, in my experience, in my practice. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I I'm also philosophically very aligned with a healthy lifestyle. You know, living living very cleanly, eating well, taking care of your body, and what I learned um, over the years through my own research and study and practice is that the mouth does have an effect on the body. You know, I I lecture to other dentists and hygienists about these issues, about oral systemic issues. And after I lecture, like your experience at the conference in San Diego, by the way, I loved your lecture. It was really, really fun and really enjoyable. So thank you for that. Thank you. Um, I, you know, a hygienist will come up for instance and say, you won't believe the story I have for you. My mom, this actually happened. A hygienist came up after I spoke, and she said, my, my mother ended up in the hospital after a dental procedure, after a simple cleaning. And we traced it back, and we actually feel it was the exposure that she got during that visit to the microbes, to the bacteria in her mouth that got systemic. Basically, any bleeding that you have, that you create in the dental office, the bacteria that live in your mouth can actually access your bloodstream through that bleeding. And then you have bacteria in your blood and that can affect the body as a whole in different ways, especially your weak organs, for instance, like your heart. So these are actual issues. These are very important and 
and substantial issues that people need to be aware of on um, you know, just a day-to-day -day basis, how dentistry can affect your health. Now, uh, your peers would say, especially with someone with cardiomyopathy or cardiovascular problems like mitral valve prolapse, they would say, here, take this antibiotic or I'm not gonna clean your teeth in the first place. I don't think that's particularly crazy, but more and more now, dentists are leaning toward not going with prophylactic uh, antibiotics before a prophy, before a cleaning. Where, where's your heart on that? Yeah, there's always a balance in this area, prevention versus the the weakening or damaging effects of medications mm -hmm. like antibiotics over time. And you know, I think the the prophylactic antibiotics have served a purpose. They've saved a lot of lives because of this very issue that I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. So, but the criteria for premedication with antibiotics. For people with serious heart conditions, um, yeah. for instance, or implants of prosthetics like prosthetic hips, hip replacement, for instance, or yep. knee replacement, yep. um, there is still a place for it because you don't want these these bacteria to stick. You know, some of these prosthetics or valves, uh, weak valves in your heart, can get sticky yep. and attract the back. Actually, the back be attractive to the bacteria that can present a problem. But the criteria has changed. There's not so much uh, of the prophylactic antibiotics being given yeah, before dental procedures, for instance. Can I just jump in here? There, there's really a couple of kind of patients. Those who obviously, God bless them, don't know how to take care of oral health. And someone who hasn't been to a dentist in 10 years for a tooth cleaning with a history of hip replacement, mitral valve, et cetera. I'm recommending antibiotics. And then there's someone like you yes. and your wife that take good care of your health, dental health, physical health, and so forth. And uh, that's someone I'd probably talk to and say, look, would you do me a favor? Would you pop a couple of olive leaf extracts, you know, a couple hours before you come in here, uh, which has strong antimicrobial properties? You know, I, I know what you're saying. Sometimes it's easy for we in the nutritional community to shake our fingers and say to heck with you guys putting people on antibiotics. Those are mycotoxins. Those can hurt. But then we step into your shoes and we see the patients that come in all day to the clinics and we think, okay, this one out of 10, I'm going to recommend it. Wonderful person, but hasn't been to a dentist in 12 years and has a history of health problems. Can we can we go, I'm, I'm so enthralled, I'm so thankful that you're here. I'm so thankful you Thank reached you. over all those people and handed me that card because in your face, I saw a real person and someone I wanted to have on this show. And by the way, you're going to see Dr. O'Reilly on television also. We're uh, taping some of these long distance today. Teach me a little bit about mercury. I know it's an amalgam and therefore what that means is it's used with other uh, with other uh, metals just besides mercury. We know that mercury is neurotoxic, et cetera. Where is your heart on using mercury in fillings? Yeah, the, the amalgams, they're called, the metal fillings have 50% mercury content in them when they're mixed and placed. So, and research has shown that it does release it is released in small amounts, minute amounts on a daily basis. Hmm. Uh, it depends on the, the patient, how, how well they detoxify, how strong their immune system is, how healthy their gut is. And over time, the mercury is building up in your body 
from various sources, dentistry being one of them, including our diet. So over time, I would recommend most people to replace their metal fillings. Some people, they do it as they go, as the fillings get too old and need to be replaced, just replace them with non-metal fillings. Mm -hmm. Some people who have uh, more issues in terms of their health and needing more support from their physicians or naturopaths, they what may may want to get the fillings out proactively so that they can do some other treatments. The main issue for the docs, doctors, is that if there's amalgam or, or those metal fillings in place, some of the detox or chelation treatments that they want to do or need to do to help that patient cannot be done until the metal's out because the chelators are strong enough that they will actually bind the mercury in the mouth. Yeah, and that's correct. DM, may complicate DMPS, yeah. for example. You wouldn't want to run through some DMPS, some uh, chelation therapy, unless the mercury was already out. Is, is, uh, is that the only toxin you see in dentistry? As a guy who's a holistic dentist, biological uh, dentist, I think there are other things. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just getting the feeling when I go to the dentist that they're using things that may not be so safe. I'm going to go back to fluoride, you know, chlorine. I'm, I'm going to go back to some of these things. Where, where are you on those? Yeah, Doug, we could talk about dental materials for, for a while, for at least a few <laughs> hours. But, um, you know, mercury is a huge issue within the health, like the alternative health arena and with holistic dentists. Uh, another issue is basically plastics. And the white fillings that are placed called composites, and they're, they're, that's the, the most um, common replacement for a metal filling is a white filling, of course. Yeah. That's basically half plastic. It's a resin, and any plastic has chemicals in it that are hormone disruptors. Yep. You have, you have mo you know, monomers, you have BPA, bisphenol A, and, you know, in dentistry, it's sometimes a situation where you are trying to use the best dental material available. Mm -hmm. It may not be perfect. I don't think there is a perfect dental material because it's a biological system that you're placing an artificial material into yep. but by doing your dentistry. But there are materials, for instance, there are some composites that do not contain BPA or bisphenol A. There are a few composites that don't contain fluoride or resins that don't contain fluoride, for instance. So it's a matter of using the best materials available, the least toxic, I call it the most biofriendly materials available. Mm -hmm. And if someone is serious, that has some concerns or immune issues, their immune system is weak, they have some chronic conditions or autoimmune conditions, then you can actually do a blood test. It's a tighter um, dental materials test to make sure, to make sure that which materials are acceptable to that patient. Okay, now I'm talking to Carrie O'Reilly. Dr. O'Reilly is a dentist from the San Diego area. He has a website that's very instructive, and by the way, we're going to post 
uh, home care instructions. This is so great. No money involved here, folks. When I read this instruction, I thought, wow, I, I don't do this. Okay, I floss like everybody else. And flossing is between thinking, wow, tomorrow I have to get up at 7, I got to be there, you know, and I'm just pulling this stuff through and then throwing down some natural mouthwash and using, you know, peppermint and all the good things, baking soda and so forth that I use. And, and these instructions are amazing, and we're going to post it here so you have it accessible. You can print it off and put it on your mirror in your bathroom so you can read it for a few days to really know how to uh, clean the teeth out. It's interesting, when the boys were little, my gosh, 35 years ago, um, every dentist in that little beach town, we're from Manhattan Beach, uh, California, nobody would see them without doing fluoride treatment on their teeth. That's going to keep their teeth healthy and strong. We didn't allow that to happen. Should we have? Fluoride is um, quite an issue, Doug. And by the way, thanks for having me on the show. I so enjoy talking about these issues. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I it's your passion. I, it shows through. I love Thank you. So I appreciate this very much. Um, the, the fluoride issue basically comes down to two things. Fluoride, I believe, does prevent tooth decay even though I have never seen a valid study myself that, I, that proves it. And it, you know, I've read a lot about fluoride, uh, some sure. of the research out there. There is research, but it doesn't categorically prove it. But I've say, seen the evidence in my practice over time. However, fluoride is something that you do not want in your body in any amount, significant amounts whatsoever. The reason for that is that in small amounts, it becomes toxic. Mm. Some things, larger amounts, you can, you know, you can ingest a lot, a lot of things, and it doesn't really harm the body until excesses. However, fluoride is not one of those things. Uh, it's, it is a natural element, but, but you don't need that much, and you don't want that much. Okay, then so what, about, what about all these toothpaste that says fluoride added, you know, good for your teeth? Yes. Well, topically, I think it has I, th I think it has benefit topically, which means in your mouth, okay. do not swallow it. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Brush, don't and swallow. Yes. If you use a fluoride toothpaste, make sure you spit it out completely. Yeah, but what if about your sublingually? Use, I mean, here's a yes. you, know, you know the way you brush your teeth and you got that sublingual pocket. Uh, by the way, yes. we were told in Vietnam, if we couldn't inject adrenaline intracardially, inject it sublingually because that's a very vascular area. So you think about brushing your teeth at night and holding that pocket of fluoride, does it, is it a permeable membrane that can then become systemic? Yes. <clears throat> you will ingest some fluoride. The question is how much and how okay. will that hurt you? Okay. Um, so so if, if you have a question or rather be safe, then maybe just avoid fluoride altogether. Yeah. If you're concerned about cavities, if you're a mother or father, maybe topical toothpaste. Mm -hmm. It's just the date the, the problem is systemic. Yep. Because you don't want fluoride to be deposited in your bones, in your bone structure. And fluoride has a very strong electrical valence. It will find its way into your bones 
if you're ingesting it. Okay. And it will actually be replacing the natural minerals and bone structure with something that's less, um, less strong, especially to shear forces. It's not, or it's not an organic mineral complex anymore. It's right. laid within the bone and it's not strong enough to maintain the bone. So the folks, bone strength. So think about that because you're brushing your teeth every day. Uh, and if there's fluoride in it, just think maybe once a week. That's a great idea. Hey, everybody mm -hmm. here in the studio, you haven't been to our studio here in Dallas, but everybody here yep. kind of had the same question. Would you do me a favor? This guy's obviously a pro. We look at your resume, USC dentistry and Duke and all, all these great credentials. What do you and your wife use to brush your teeth? What toothpaste do you use? I bet you have a cocktail that's like bell peppers and crushed up rocks. What What do you use? <laughs> yes, you wouldn't believe some of the things we do. Oh, same. Same with my wife and I. Yeah, that's a whole other story, Doug. <laughs> we'll talk about that sometime. <laughs> Would I, can I can I can I gauge a guess that you probably don't go down to a uh, a pharmacy and grab a tube of something off the market and that's what you use? If you're anything like Ruth and I, you're constantly digging into new toothpaste. Some of them don't just squash on the toothbrush itself. Some of them you got to dip into a jar. I mean, we're, we're crazy and, and we try this every month or something. Mm, wow, I feel good after that one. You know, that's a good one. Let's buy that one again. Mm -hmm. But okay, so let me move on here now. Gum disease, we touched on that in the opening, folks. When your dentist does what's called a prophy, a prophylactic, a cleaning, he is breaking away sometimes. You know, they put that little instrument in there and it breaks away and you bleed a little, so you spit in the bowl, no big deal, right? Because they're getting in there deep. What Dr. O'Reilly said is there's bacteria or fungi, there's organisms in that milieu that sometimes you digest. And if those are pathogens, bacteria or fungi that are pathogenic, it could be counterproductive to your good health. So talk about gum disease and, and how we can rectify that. Yes, gum disease is an actual disease. It's one of the only diseases of the mouth because it's a it's basically an infection of the mouth with that you know microbial infection. There's bacteria, there's sometimes amoeba parasites, mm -hmm. there's fungi and candida, um, the things that we can actually see, for instance, and study, and these bacteria, what what creates gum disease is the damage that is done over time to your soft tissue, your connective tissue, your gums, and your bone around, your supportive bone around your teeth. And that can result in um, eventually bone loss to the degree that your teeth get loose and you can actually lose teeth from this. Mm -hmm. but, but during this whole process of breakdown, What's happening is the bacteria that live in your gum line, in the little crevice between your gum and your tooth, is colonizing. And you're not cleaning your teeth correctly, so it stays. And it, it grows and develops. It gets more complex over time, and more and more different strains and bacteria come in. And the body, all this time, is, is trying to fight this as best it can it's dumping the redness in your gums. If you have red or bleeding gums, mm -hmm. is actually the defense mechanism of the body, the immune system, trying to be mobilized 
and delivering or dumping white blood cells into your mouth, into your tissue, around your teeth to fight these bacteria. So it's there's a theory, and I've seen this, that it's not so much the bacteria that are actively eating your gums and bone. A little of that is happening. However, it's the immune system, all the white blood cells contain enzymes in that that are meant to kill bacteria, but the, in the mouth, the, the immune cells are ineffective, basically. They end up dying eventually, and all those enzymes in the white blood cells are being released into your, into your gums so that the enzymes also break down. One of the things enzymes do is break down mm -hmm. connective tissue. Mm -hmm. And so the enzymes are also breaking down the natural defenses of the gums, the connective tissue in the gums, and that's how you lose tissue strength and attachment and bone. It's almost, you know, it's, it's not an autoimmune disease, but you can think of it like an autoimmune disease because the effects are the same. Yeah, yeah. See, and now that dovetails so perfectly with your stereotypical multiple chemical hypersensitivity patient, your mold patient, your uh, Lyme's disease or autoimmune patient, you have to kind of wonder if it all started. As I introduced this segment, folks, with Dr. O'Reilly, I said that I met a dentist one time. By the way, did you know Rick Ricketts, kind of the father of TMJ? I actually did. Yeah, Rick. I, Rick. I've, been a, I've been around for a while. Doug. Yes, I see, 33 <laughs> I years. You just look great, man. You got <laughs> you to gotta start letting your hair grow white like mine. Rick Ricketts <laughs> okay. was a dear friend, dear friend of mine, and Jacobson, who took over his practice back in Pacific Palisades many years ago. Rick was kind of the father of TMJ, right? Temporomandibular joint disease, but I digress. When you see these patients, I've got to tell you, as a dentist, you've got to wonder what the connection is. Mouth, gut, mouth systemic. There is one, isn't there? Yes, there is. And there is research just to kind of back this up, this idea that the mouth does affect the body and the health, overall health of, of my patients. And I see it a lot in my practice because I could look in someone's mouth and I can see the condition of their oral health, and I can almost see what's happening systemically. Yep. And then I'll look at, for instance, I'll look at their medical history. After that, you know, I might see bleeding gums or a lot of old dentistry, uh, metal, for instance. And I'll look at their medical history, and sure enough, they need to be very careful about their diet. They may be chemo chemically sensitive, like you mentioned, and. MCS. Mm -hmm. They may have immune issues or you know autoimmune condition. Yep. And those are things that they're already aware of and working on. So dentistry is you know, works hand in hand with. It should be working hand in hand with healthcare and the health of the patient. You need to include dentistry in that. How often should I go to a dentist uh, for a cleaning? I go every six months. Yeah, some, you know, the routine, the, the average is every six months. And if you have a li little more uh, need to resolve some of these issues, for instance, the gum inflammation, red gums, you have a little bit of issue there, um, possibly a little gum disease, you may have to go more often for a while until it all calms down and heals. 
and then you can spread out your, your cleanings or your recalls. Some patients, a lot of my patients are actually on one year recalls because they're doing everything they need to do to maintain a healthy mouth. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I also have one of the tools I have in my practice is a phase contrast microscope. Oh, okay. Okay. So does that and mean I, you can, is this a finger stick? Is this, uh, you know, a, a biological dentist friend of mine has a live cell analysis in his business? Is that the kind of thing you're the, Yes, it's the same microscope with a different ring or setting to it. Okay. So, so this is actually simpler than a finger stick because I take a little tiny sample of plaque oh. from the plaque I was just talking about that Brilliant. houses this bacteria you don't want it in your mouth. I'll take a little sample, a very minute, tiny speck of that, put it on a slide. I make a slide with it so that I can put it in the microscope and project it onto wow. a TV screen, for instance. Let them see so it. So I let the patient yeah, yeah, see it. Yeah, yeah, it's one, it's one thing, folks, have <laughs> your dentist come in and say, well, I found, you know, urologists are always guilty of this. Well, I found, I found pus in your urine. Can I take a look? Not that I don't trust you, doc, but, you know. Um, <laughs> so now you have uh, Dr. Kerry O'Reilly, really neat guy I met, oh, six months ago or so at a talk I gave. Really liked him a lot and wanted to get him on. You'll see him on our TV show. I have two URLs for you, myholistic.com and myholisticdentist.com. Which is it that people can go to? Yes, my website for my practice is myholisticdentist.com. Okay, good. Okay. www.myholisticdentistsingular.com. Thank you for listening to the Know the Cause podcast with Doug Kaufman. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or tell a friend. For more, visit us online at knowthecause.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knowthecause.